All right, on today's episode of Nerding Daily, we're going to talk about the new movie, the new Brad Pitt movie. I guess it's Brad Pitt. Or is it a new Tommy Lee Jones movie? Who's the, who's the bigger star? Uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. The new Brad Pitt movie. Not Old Man Jones. <laughs> yeah, not not Forgetful Jones. No, I'm kidding. Oh. Uh, Ad Astra. Ad Astra. Um, the space opera drama slash fantasy Ad Astra. I would say it's more... I saw somebody wrote it down. Maybe it was IMDb or something, but uh, psychological sci-fi thriller. thriller. Oh, yeah, I could see that. It wow, is very psychological. That's, that's you know, it's it's very non-emotional, and then yep. it's very emotional. Yeah, it's like what the heck? Pick one. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's yeah, it was really like all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, Brad Pitt is doing pretty good this year. Yeah, between this and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think he's Dude. doing really well. I think though, like. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that that he's gonna get some attention for that one. I think he should get attention for this. You think so? He carried this whole movie, and it was all about well, yeah. you know him. He already, like we were saying, already was acting like a robot. He already kind of lost his humanity, right? And you right. slowly see him gain that back. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a, definitely a conformist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what's weird about? It was really interesting to me, and it was. It, it was it was subtle, but through the whole movie, did you notice there was a lot of um like let's thank God for this and and then they then there was one point where Tommy Lee Jones was like, we're gonna go out here and we're gonna we're gonna meet God. Did, did you see that theme? A little going religious on? theme. Yeah, they going. were throwing the religious theme. It, it was there. subtle. It was subtle. It was kind of interesting because a lot of astronauts, believe it or not, mm-hmm. that's what they believe. They they believe. Which is odd to me. You'd think they were more scientific. Yeah. But you know what, though? More if atheist. I'm, if I'm going to space and I'm never coming back. You want all the help you can get. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> I think that's what that was more than anything. Yeah, but I, didn't, I haven't seen that in a space movie before. Yeah. So it was interesting. Oh, well, Firefly because of the preacher, but uh, that's it. Uh, but anyway. it's it's. I think it's a breath of fresh air because there's not a movie, a sci-fi movie at least, that's this close to Ad Astra. It kind of stands up on its own. The thing that comes closest is freaking contact from what ninety six. You think contact? Well, because she's looking for her father. I, I think that's the closest thing, right? And even that doesn't do it justice. Well, and you know, it's funny because I thought that when I saw the like the preview thing, mm-hmm. I thought, oh yeah, this is basically like contact. But honestly, when I watched it, I didn't really. Th- think contact at all i could see them paying homage to space odyssey 2001 in certain ways oh yeah um the whole moon thing going to the moon and then we're gonna go to mars and then we're gonna go to like making these like very realistic jumps to places yeah which i really appreciated yeah yeah and i kind of like the narrative like the behind the scenes narrative like they're just like oh they don't really talk about it they're like you just find out (laughs) like oh yeah so yeah we're gonna go to the moon but but, you know, there's a civil unrest, you know, just so you know, there's a little bit of wars going on over territory, oh. you know, just kind of like, oh, OK, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. They don't go into like full detail, like the war has been going on for 30 years. No, and, they just know. plant the seeds and just yeah. tell you, you know, the bare minimum that you need. I like and that's that. Good. I don't need I everything like explained that. to me. All you need to know is Brad Pitt's character, Major Roy McBride's journey to find his father. Well, and it was a crazy one. I mean, if you think oh, about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he traveled, what, a billion miles? <laughs> a couple billion. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty intense, bro. 
But we should do a, yeah. a, a quick little synopsis. So, because I guess a lot of people haven't seen this movie. Oh, it's not doing that great. And I've been giving like all kinds of spoilers. Uh, not, not really. Oh, still, we haven't gotten into the, the meat and potatoes. Into okay. the hardy part of this. But it's basically Brad Pitt is an astronaut. He's very meticulous thinking and very cut off from his emotions. He has an accident in the upper atmosphere, mm-hmm. in the stratosphere. And he comes crashing to Earth, and while he's recovering, or after he's recovering, they come to him with this message because there was this big surge that knocked him out of the space station yeah, that he was in. This surge hit hit Earth and caused some major, major damage all over the Earth. Apparently. Forty thousand people died from mm-hmm. it. It was crazy. Um, he left more or less unscathed, but they traced this surge back to Neptune, where his father who was also an astronaut, last transmitted before everything went dark. When his father was a part of this like top secret, but not so top secret because the whole world knew about it, called the Lima Project. Mm-hmm. Well, they, everybody knows about that part, about him going to Neptune with a crew. Right, because he's, like he's like a frontier, like frontiersman, I guess yeah. is what you call it. Yeah. First man to Jupiter, first man to Neptune. Yeah, the world see, sees him as a pioneer. Yeah, pioneer, yeah. there you go. So he gets tasked with, um, you know, figuring out, okay, did he cause, did his father cause this surge? Can he, is his father still alive? Can he stop the surge from happening? Yeah. And so the whole movie is his mission going there. And yeah, he makes a couple of stops to the moon, to Mars. And, you know, he starts to get less and less of a grasp on reality and who he is they really yeah they really do a great job post mars yes capturing that traveling alone and what space loneliness would do to you being isolation isolated for such a long amount of time yes that was crazy yeah well and excuse me after we left the theater remember i was telling you it was a good inflection point too Mm -hmm. of space travel because not a lot of movies do that it's it's usually like what was it uh, the first Star Trek reboot? Right. It was like, hey, here's humanity on Earth. And then, hey, we have supersonic spaceships. We can go anywhere. And then it's all just spaceships, space travel, space travel, space travel, hyperspeed. Right. This was a good in the middle of how it would actually happen. Right. It would be a slow ramp up over probably hundreds, if not thousands of years of exploration. Yeah, they've got ion boosting engines. They've got, uh, it still takes, it doesn't take as long to get to Mars, but it still takes a while. Oh yeah, yeah. It it it's kind of cool. And then it took a long, long time to get to to Neptune. Well, spoilers yeah. now. Yeah. Which I hope you still see it because <laughs> this movie needs all the help and get yeah. it's it's awesome, and it's not doing so awesome in the theaters. But yeah, the the mission to Mars turns into a mission to Neptune. Donald Sutherland is still alive, by the way. Yeah, That's... that um. That was a surprise. Well, it wasn't really a surprise. I kind of knew. But Did you know? Did that, you think that he's still acting? Oh, yeah. That's the surprising part to me. <laughs> but uh, he shows up because he used to be a friend um, of Brad Pitt's father. Right, right. Oh, that's... Who that's... was played by Tony Lee Jones. Right. But he's supposed to escort Brad Pitt to the moon, to Mars, like the whole way through. And he's more keeping an eye on him than anything. Because they know that he could have an emotional stake in this because he's going to retrieve his father, either alive or dead. Right, he was just making, well, he was supposed to accompany him and maybe fill him in on any information that he might need, potentially need. Yes. And then also see which direction Brad was going as far as his mental well-being. It was part of his test. Yeah. He did like a daily test 
where he had to like log how he felt and everything. Which totally reminded crazy. me of Blade Runner. <clears throat> yes. And even and even a little bit of um Westworld. Fidelity, that's what I kept thinking. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh Westworld. Yeah. So it was very interesting. But I wonder if they astronauts do those psych tests every day. I don't know. I have to look that up. I don't know about every day. I think this was just like in the future when you're dealing with that heavy of a situation. Mm-hmm. they would make you do something like that because he was working up on the it wasn't a station it was a space satellite oh that's right that was that's right upper atmosphere well it was like a tower that was like attached to earth Did yeah yeah it was it's like kinda interesting it was super delicate work so i think for that and for his trip to neptune they would want to you know make sure he was on the up and up keep an emotional attachment to him yeah right make sure he's okay and uh live tyler yeah, that was that was weird. I knew that she was in this movie because of the trailers. As soon as I saw her, I heard, "Don't want to close my uh, eyes." <laughs> I'm glad they didn't overdo it with her because of that. There was no Aerosmith, so it was fine. Ugh, it's fine. I hate that song. <laughs> that song is awful. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it is. But he okay. he gets to the moon, no problem. Yeah. Um, him and Donald Sutherland, but something crazy happens on the moon. They there's space pirates, which is very weird. But the moon is also kind of an attraction, which that part and the pirates reminded me of Futurama. Dude, totally like Futurama. We landed on the moon. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's Pirates of the Caribbean on the moon. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but they're actual they like moon pirates, literal pirates, which that sounds bad. attack the rovers. Right. Yeah. Well, moon, moon pirates not something I, I would ever want to be called if I was a pirate on the moon. Mm-hmm. It just sounds horrible. Yeah. It's like a yeah. derogatory term. <laughs> you moon pirate, don't you dare call me. No. <laughs> well, you got to come up with moon goons is way better. Moon goon? <laughs> yeah. Well, the moon goons attack Brad Pitt's rover well, that was uh, a to cool get to the scene. other side of the moon. It was cool and it was it was Dude. frightening because it was so quiet. Yeah. That that's that's the part that made it really good though, because it would be if you if you're got a space helmet on. But I mean, like minimal music even. Well, yeah. that too, that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, minimal um, uh, atmosphere. So, like the way things were blowing up and 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 the way things were flying, like when they flew into that crater was legit. That was cool. Yeah, but like. You didn't hear like the lasers really mm-hmm. because they had like little laser pistols. People were getting shot in like the head and stuff. Well, like a lot of people like, were dying for them. I thought they were CO2 pistols because guns don't work in space. But it kind of had like a laser to well, it. I think that was the guide. Oh, maybe yeah. it was. Because I don't know. They, they, I didn't really think they, it was actual laser laser. But I think that's more shocking instead of like a pew pew like right. they do in every oh, freaking for sure. thing for sure it's instead you hear the thud of them the, the, of their the, body the, dying yeah that was crazy yeah like that oh, was man that was good but yeah the low gravity and their rover spinning out of control when it goes into the crater and then into the dark side of the moon where oh, they need dude. to go and they were like yeah we're not going there yeah it's too cold <laughs> yeah well, no. Then they send that nuke to the oh, dude, to yeah. the moon goons. Took them down. Thanks, 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 Robert. <laughs> moon goons. Moon pirates just doesn't sound right to me. Moon goon. <laughs> Back off, guys! I'm a moon goon. A moon. <laughs> That's gonna be a comic book now. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. So they at, at this point, Brad Pitt only knows that his mission is to send a transmission from Mars. Because a transmission from Mars can directly hit 
uh, and get it received in Nep- around Neptune. Yeah, it, it would be a, an instant message and they would hear back or hear a response. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's the mission at, at this point. But Donald, Donald Sutherland yeah. is, is he mortally wounded? I don't know. He had a heart attack. Oh, he had a heart attack. That's what it was. He had a Dick Cheney style heart attack where he's still talking. I need to go to the hospital. But first, I got to tell you something. And he gives him some weird like chip. It looked like a little piece of cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. That had like information that he could put in on his little cool wristwatch thing that he has on his spacesuit or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. He can watch a message. Yeah. So first little mission to the moon and Donald Donald Sutherland is out. Yep. He all they leave it <clears throat> fairly ambiguous, but he's an old guy. But they had to rush him to like emergency surgery, surgery which doesn't sound well. It usually doesn't go well. But mm-hmm. um Brad Pitt goes with another crew, which was always part of the plan, uh to Mars and he's not in charge. There's a there's a captain and a co-cap uh, co-pilot and you know, they're kind of just chill. You know, they're out, they're a crew and they're just kind of having fun together, taking their like mood relaxers and stuff like that. When he outranks them because he's a major. Yeah. But um, but yeah, he doesn't he's, he's not in command. Yeah. 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 He doesn't command. He's just a passenger. But that was what, like a 79 day journey just from there. Right. Something like that. And yeah, he's just like he keeps to himself and he's just like, yeah, these these guys don't even know what's up. They don't he watches know that his the surge could cause like massive devastation throughout the solar system. They're just having fun. And he watches his uh, his chip that um, Donnie, old Donnie, old Donnie gave him. And Colonel Pruitt. Yeah. It's basically a transmission from his father, Clifford McBride, who's like, well, there was mutiny aboard the, the Lima, uh, aboard the Lima, and they all wanted to go home, so I had to kill them. <laughs> It's like, really? Oh, my gosh. That wasn't part of the plan. And he, I'm all about following through with the plan to find anim- well, uh, alien life. Alien life. Intelligent life. This whole thing is for exploration and finding alien life. Yeah, he wanted alien or intelligent life. So he killed everyone and said the mission was going to continue. But then they um, apparently there was he cut off communications at that. I yeah, yeah, he shut off all external communications. And that was 15 years ago or something like that. Some, 16. Yeah. So he'd been living all, all that time on recycled air and God knows what. They never explained the food. That's what I don't get. I think they have their own way of growing it. Or is he a cannibal? Oh, gross. Well, I don't think so. They were all, remember there was all those people floating around and they were all, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. I don't know. I think I saw some gnaw, some Ooh. gnaw pieces. No, I'm kidding. Oh, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they, he, they get to a point where, um, there's a distress call. Yep, from a Norwegian craft. And the captain's like, well, we got to check it out. You know, it's protocol. And he's like, nope, we do not. We got to stay on the mission. Let someone else do it. We got to stay the course. And the captain's like, no, no. You know, you can take over if you want. You can outrake people. We're checking this out. This is protocol, the standard protocol. There's an no. SOS. We got to check it out. So let's go check it out. <laughs> he's like, oh, great. So he figures, you know. He's he's like the most. This is kind of one thing that bugged me. So Brad Brad Pitt's character, uh, Roy, he's like the most important thing about the mission, right? Mm-hmm. And so he goes. He decides to go on this secondary mission, which is not a good idea. I well, think he should have just stayed on board. Let because the, the co because the co pilot was going to get stuck doing it, and he was already kind of a wimp. Yeah, but but Roy should have been like, dude, grow grow a pair, go down there and take care of biz. Because I think. If that would have happened, things would have been different. Things would have been much different. Not by much. <laughs> Not by much. 
Okay. Okay. But we only find out till much later. Right. But they they get on the ship. Yeah, Roy and the captain go on the ship. They had to break in. They had to actually use an SOS emergency code to, to enter it, which was just not cool, man. Just not cool. They weren't answering their phone. So I know. whatever. So it's it made me feel really claustrophobic in that too. Like it, it was, was a really small ship, and yeah. they they split up and they try to figure out like, is there anybody alive who sent the distress signal? And you haven't heard from the captain in a while. Brad Pitt turns a corner and he sees him like shaking. Yeah, that's like, so profusely. weird. Like, it's almost like, like he's captain. having, like, a seizure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And we didn't hear anything. That's Nothing. the other thing. Yeah. And then when, when he moves in closer, we see what it is. Now, was that a bamboon? A b- <laughs> what was that? A baboon. Was yeah. it? Did I say that wrong? You almost said bamboo. Bamboo. I'm sorry. <laughs> my bad. A baboon. A baboon. Was that a, ba- a baboon? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what the heck is that doing in space? That is the most fierce animal. You do not test on those animals. I don't know what those Norwegians were thinking. They they weren't thinking. Obviously you not. need to test. If you're going to take any kind of primate other than humans to space, you need to think smaller and less vicious. Well, they're just like rats. Right. Rats not going to do what that thing did. Holy I know. Moly. Oh, I know. He was agile in space. He was <laughs> aggravated is what he was. That dude, monkey was aggravated. Dude. He destroyed that dude. He did a number. Of, how did he get through that helmet? He had no tools. That's weird, man. I mean, he had to. He must have smacked him in the helmet with something. That's some sheer power. He, he had a baboon ate that dude's nose. Eating that guy's face. Oh, he ate part of his hand, which it was probably you know defensive, right? Technique. Like he probably ate the hand first. I mean, that's and a then, hungry. Like, bashed open. Golly, man, that was that was a great scene. Yeah. That was a great scene. Not what I was expecting. No, I enjoyed that scene. Best part of the movie, actually. Really? Oh, yeah. That movie was, that part was so exciting for me. It's like, because you're, you're, I mean, you had the, I mean, it's all pretty kind of like, it's just like his heart rate. Just kind of like, I mean, the opening scene, we expected the, the that scene where he's falling. Because they kind of show that in previews. A that bit. was the scariest thing to me, though, because they kept it with it. It was scary. And they kept, they kept with, with it. it. No, they kept with him falling, but we knew he wasn't going to die. Yeah. You know, I thought, oh, you know, if he dies, I mean, I think the the most exciting part of that for me, the scariest part for that is when he's in the parachute and that shrapnel goes right through the parachute. Yeah. Because that's real life, man. That's what would happen to me. A lot of this is realistic. That's what I like about it. <laughs> yeah. Even the baboon test subject eating a guy's face. <laughs> Even that would be realistic because... He was starving. He was starving. Yeah. He would be aggravated because there's nobody there to feed him. Mm -hmm. And he's just, you know, he's let loose because, yeah, there's nobody. And they don't ever explain where the crew went. There's no... Because you don't see any other bodies. There's nobody else eating. No, they showed a body. They showed another body? Yeah. A different one? Oh, I missed it. No, it was at the very beginning once they get into the... A little spaceship. Oh, they did? But oh, it, it was just like it. once, but it didn't, you didn't see anything really. They didn't really investigate on that body, huh? Yeah. They, maybe they should have. Yeah. But yeah, that scene was great. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So they, then they got to like duct tape the dude's face, <laughs> his space helmet. Yeah. He's kind of still alive. Roy's trying to save him. Save him, even though his helmet's all messed up. His face is all messed up. His they hand didn't is all messed duct up. duct taping his hand, did he? I think he just like tied it together. Tied it. And then they uh, haul him back to the ship after they 
shot that bamboon right in the face. <laughs> two. Oh no no. There was two. There was two. Yeah. And the other, wait, he shot one, and then the other one they like air blasted, right? They yeah. Airlocked him. Yeah. That was gross, but cool. It was very cool. Yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Man, I'm gonna watch that again. Just that part. <laughs> okay. Anyway. But Roy gets the captain back to the ship. And hey, guess what? He's dead. He's missing half his face. Duh. He's missing a hand. Dude, He's he wouldn't dead. want to be alive after that. Yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. So the co-pilot is the captain now, which, yeah, oh. I still don't believe that that's Jamie Kennedy, but I guess that's Maybe Jamie Kennedy. I, 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 okay, I could be wrong, but... He was in this movie somewhere. Yeah, he was in there, and he looked like that dude. I could be wrong. They only just call him Peter Bello here. They don't say if he's a captain or assistant captain. <laughs> Or anything like that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not good with the rankings. Can you I can't even find it anywhere. But here he is, right there. That's him. And it kind of looks like that dude. He looks a little nervous and kind of nervous in the service. I thought it was him. No, that that's a different guy, isn't it? I thought that was the nervous guy. Oh boy. We might have to cut this out. Uh oh. We're gonna well no, we can leave this in. That's fun. It'll be fine. We'll have to watch for Jamie Kennedy. Somebody watch it. Tell me which character is Jamie Kennedy. All right. Anyways, so uh, now that dude's freaked out, and now he's in charge. Whoever the captain is, because uh, the real captain's dead. Yeah. And they got to go to Mars. And guess what? They have to land. And did you see what they landed on? It was like this little platform. It's like the tiniest platform. Yep. Oh my gosh! And I think does it go down into a subterranean base? I think so. Dude, I wouldn't want to land that. I'd be like, okay, Rabbit, you do it too. I can't do this. <laughs> but all he had to do was just level out the ship, and that's it. Yeah, he was coming in too hot. That was stupid. Yeah, that. He completely. That There's no way in real life that that dude would have ever passed. Cause it's like a simulator that they have to go through, like an exam. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he would have passed. There's just no way. Yeah, no. Oh, well. Maybe he never had to deal with somebody dying that he worked with. Do you think that was the reason he couldn't land? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. I think so. Because they were a close-knit you know, crew. And they were just oh, fooling around. They were having fun. It was supposed to be just a mission like any other, and it wasn't. It was a tragedy. There you go. It was tragic. There you go. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. That's what I leaned from it. So we get to Mars, and we got really like two kind of special surprises that you liked. Two special I, cameos. And I was like, what the heck? One was confusing. The other one, I was like, who? Well, I thought he was on a prison planet for one second, only because you have uh, Natasha. Natasha Leone. Leone. Dressed in orange. And orange she's, jumpsuit, yeah. And the only time I see her in orange is in orange's new back. Yeah. <laughs> and here she is in a bunker or underground base or whatever you call it. Yeah. And she's telling people what to do, sitting behind a... The table, and I'm like, is she a prisoner? Or is she what is this their color for their military? I don't know. It was very weird. She was like a clerk or something. Yeah, she was like was a clerk. Weird. She's like, I need your signature, boys, or whatever. She had like one yeah. line. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Which it was, was that was a cameo, and I was yeah, expecting her yeah. to have a bigger part. Like, why did they get her for this? Maybe she she's just, always good though. I like her. Maybe she just wanders on the lot, and they're like, Hey, you want to do a scene? And they're like, Yeah. Maybe. She's like, Yeah, I'll do a scene. What the heck? Give me a donut. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, and then uh, then we got Ruth, Ruth Nader. from from uh, Preacher. That good was cool. old Ruth. Oh yeah, she was very good in this. Actually, uh, didn't distract me. No, she was great. She's great, great in Preacher too. She is, but her storyline in this was cool because it was like, oh wow, yeah, that sucks for you. But she basically takes command of that station that Brad Pitt goes into. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, he just goes into this room. It looks like any other soundproof studio, maybe a little different. And there's a little, you know, glass control desk behind it. And he just, he has a prepared statement, just very simple, like, you know, Clifford McBride, this is your son, Roy. I'm calling to try and reach you because we know about this surge that's coming from Neptune. If you know of any way to contact us to help us stop this, you know, I'd appreciate it. It's so. basically just very simple like that. And I have to wonder, so is this surge, is that part of their communication device? And it's just going haywire and, and coming more like a weapon? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty so much. So that's what they're using for like long range communications? That's what they were. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then uh, Ruth, or I don't know what her it name was. It was uh, antimatter. That's what it was. Oh, it was antimatter. That's right. But they were using to power it or something. So Ruth, her character, which doesn't have a name. Helen. Oh, is it Helen? Yeah. Okay. So Helen, she actually wasn't allowed to go to the recording studio, remember? Some other dude with the man bun. Super secret underground. Yeah. There's still man buns in the in near the, future. At least on Mars. Yeah. yeah. Uh he was like, you you know, you gotta you gotta stay here. This is this is above your pay grade and I you don't have clearance for this. And he took Brad Pitt back there, remember? And then they do this recording like a bunch of times. But the last time he does it, he tries to make it more personal. It goes off script. It starts to get to him. Oh. Because he's, he's seen all this stuff. He's traveled for so long just to give this prepared statement mm-hmm. that NASA made for him, which is kind of weird. Right. But he tries to make it personal because it is personal to him. And that's when they say, like, okay, that's enough. You can go home. Well, I, I thought maybe he thought, well, this isn't working. This is insanity. I'm going to just see if I can get to my father through emotion. And I think it worked because they, you start seeing them in the sound room after they're done. Because they, they cut one guy, the man bun dude's like, no, let him do it. And then they kind of wait for a second. And then they're all excited and looking at the screen. And he's reading it. And he's like, what? Did he, did he, did he answer back? And they're like, We'll let you know. They're like not wanting to tell him like they were done with him. Hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know if they ever explained if they didn't explain it. You got the message. They never explained it. They never explained it. But it's the way they're acting in the room. And then that that like nurse Elga comes. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) She's like, we are done with you. We'll call you when we need you. Did he answer? And she was like, don't worry about that. Just go to your room and relax. I thought it was more of them being your heart rate's too high. I thought it was more of them being scared because they're like, oh, crap, he went off script. We're going to get in trouble. Oh, you thought that? But I didn't maybe, think that at all. Maybe. No, because I would have thought that if they would have shut it down. But the, the, the man bun dude who's in charge was like, no, no, let, let, let's see if this works. And yeah. I think it did. And then I then they, they weren't going to let him do it because they just were trying to validate if the dude was alive. That's what I think. They just mm. wanted a response. Oh, he's alive? They weren't going to send a kill team. That's what I think. Yeah. And that's what the other crew was, was the kill team. That's what I think it was. And yeah. they didn't want Brad a part of that. They were just going to send him home. Yeah. But they put him in a creepy comfort room. Yeah, that was weird. It was like a, it was basically a brainwashing room. It reminded me of Lost 15 years ago. It reminded me of Clockwork Orange. Yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was it 15 years yesterday, Lost? I think it was. Huh? I think that was the anniversary. <laughs> that Clockwork Orange had that kind of vibe to it with the weird like birds flying and then it went to ocean scene. With the picture show that they gave him and not letting him blink. Yeah. It wasn't that intense, but it was still like you're completely immersed in this room. And it's just like, oh, happy trees, happy grass, happy flowers. It was more passive clockwork orange. Yeah. Yeah. Something that the government could get away with. Yeah. And then they drug your tea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that was interesting. And then and then, and then you get Helen, Helen coming back, and she's yeah. like, you know what? 
you know who I am? You know, I've never been to. I've only been to Earth once, and or I've never been to Earth. I can't remember. Once, yeah. once, once, and I was just a little girl, and your daddy killed my parents. <laughs> yeah, her parents were part of the crew that wanted to Come abort back. the mission, and mm-hmm. he's just like, "Nope, you're doing this job, or you're gonna die." He's and like, they died. And Roy's like, "Well, I feel like crap now. This sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, get me out of here. I need to be on that rocket because he failed his fidelity test. Yeah, psychoval." The psych Because his heart rate was too high. He was too agitated. He wouldn't calm down. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. It's understandable. Yeah, he's he's starting to lose it, but yeah, understandably. So he gets on, he gets on the, he gets, she helps him get too close to the rocket. And then he goes down underneath into some water. And I think that's part of the blast bay where it, it helps yeah. um, cool some of the, the, the heat from the blast. That's what I thought. He had to swim through that. That was just freaky, man. In his spacesuit. Yeah. Oh man, that was rough. And then and then climb up where the where the rocket blasters were, whatever you call them. Right. Which was I didn't think he was going to make it. And to be honest, with the countdown, there's no way he should have made that. (laughs) That was a little weird. I thought he was going to be the true rocket man, like doing the rocket rodeo out into into space. Oh no. You know, because it was too close, too close to call. But he made it in somehow. And then as they're launching, he's in <laughs> going through the airlock and mm-hmm. they're all freaking out. It's the same crew that took him to Mars. Mm-hmm. What's left of him, at least. And that's a brutal scene, man. But he knows that they have like a bomb on there. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget how he found that out. Do you remember? It was, I think Helen told him. Helen told him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like they're, they're going to put a bomb on board. They're going to neutralize. They're not going to take any prisoners they're not to take any chances when he just wanted to go yeah he just wanted to go and see this thing through and he was trying to he's trying to be rational and they're just not hearing it and some voice is like stop him was it general um revis whatever that guy's name is uh john john ortiz is it him that was commanding no, it? or no. was it the man bun guy from mission control no no it wasn't anybody from mission control it was just a voice random voice no it's just like we need to stop him because yeah. there was a voice that came over on the on the spacecom, told him to stop him. Oh, I don't, I don't remember that. Mission controls like we we uh, you have an airlock breach, and then um they're like looking, and then the the uh, one of the guys is like, yeah, I see him. It's so and so. It's Roy, and they're like, there's a voice on mission control that that says, stop him, kill him, do what you have to do, you know. Mm. And they're like, okay, and they're like trying to shoot shoot him and stuff. Pretty, yeah, pretty rough. I don't know if it's him. But yeah, since it's during blast off, one of the crew, that lady, she goes oh, careening into the door, that was, smashes her face in. That was brutal. The other was, guy gets agitated and starts fighting Brad Pitt like in zero grav. Which was a cool fight scene, actually. It was a cool fight scene. And the co-pilot, well, the new captain, um, stupidly pulls out a gun yeah. and shoots the air tank. What was he thinking? The that internal was so air dumb. tank. And uh, the two guys suffocate. Roy's fine. Brad Pitt's fine. Because he's got a spacesuit on. He's got a spacesuit on still, yeah. And, and he was trying to save the other dude. He was, try- he was trying he to save want, everybody. He didn't want anyone to die. Yeah. And they were just stupid. All Anyways. Yeah. yeah, that sucked. Oh, well. So he mans this mission to Neptune himself. It's a very long mission. Well, and that's when you especially see him losing it. Right. Well, but first he mans up. He's like, hey, Spacecom or Space One or whatever they're called. I killed these people. And it's all your fault. I'm going to do this mission. I'm going to complete the mission. I will talk to you when I get there. 
Beep. Screw you guys. (laughs) I'm out. Yeah. And that's when you do see him go through his... He's, like, going through his phone, like, checking out stuff and being all nostalgic. And there's a lot of... There's a bit of a montage scene there. He's watching videos of his dad. He's watching... um, He's thinking about Liv Tyler, um, Eve, which they're... They're separated, I guess. So there's no books. There's no Pong. There's no educating oneself and working out. At least what we see. That's kind of lame. I thought that was lame. And that scene was so long. I'm like, okay, we get it. Um, it." Imagine how it was for him. Right. No, I understand. I I get the point. He's up there for a long time just by himself. But yeah, he loses his grasp of reality almost completely. Yeah, he does. By the time he gets to the Lima ship. Dude. And some of those videos of Tommy Lee Jones on the, I'm just like, uh, it might as well just be Two Face. <laughs> oh, it's not that bad. No. <laughs> I'm like, I just don't see him as an astronaut. I'm sorry. I, I just I can't. Can, I, I can see it. I, I was worried about that. Were you? I was worried about that at first, and then like, just it's just kind of got into it. And and let me be clear, it's just the astronaut scenes, like the the flashbacks, the, the him in the pursuit. Just I I just wasn't buying it. But when him him as a crazy scientist, I absolutely see that. Yeah, I mean he was great once once we get to the Lima mission, and and that part of me was like, okay, is this even real actually? And that scene just like. When he when he gets there and you got that ring uh-huh. and he's like navigating to it, it was so cool. And then there's that burst and it hits the ship. I thought he was dead. Yeah. I thought Brad's dead. And I thought his dad shot him. But that was just some, I guess it just charges and then blasts ra- randomly. Is that no, what it's just a fluke, yeah. Oh, okay. So I was like, man, that sucks. And then his ship's damaged. So he's got to freaking figure out how to like get in there now. And then he does get in there and he's got to carry this nuke around. Yeah. I mean, that's a hassle. And then when his dad starts talking to him, I'm like, okay, is this real or is he like hallucinating this? <laughs> it's hard to it's know. It's real. He's just his dad is, is weird. Yeah. yeah. He's been yeah, been there fifteen years by himself, more or less. And all he cares about is the research, man. He all he cares about is the research. You can see like his notes and his scribbles on everything, just like he's lost it. His dad's lost it. Yeah, he's still looking for life and hasn't found it. And then there's this whole like there's this whole scene where you're just like he's like, you know, I never missed you. Like this is his. This is his dad, mind you. This is this is Clifford McBride telling telling Roy McBride, who's his son, his baby boy. I never missed you. I never missed your I, mom. I never missed your mom. I didn't care what you. I never thought once I wanted to go home. And and then Brad or uh, Roy McBride goes, I still love you, Dad. <laughs> like with his uh, his uh, resting heartbeat of forty. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> oh, probably not at that point. <laughs> like oh okay and he's like yeah i don't care (laughs) he's like i'm gonna blow up the ship you need to come with me (laughs) well i'm I'm pretty sure by that point roy understood because he grew up without his dad right right no i get i get roy's like perspective but like here here this man tells you i don't care about you i don't love you and he's like i still love you (laughs) (laughs) it's It's kind of funny i mean to me it was funny it's like wow he doesn't deserve that okay There's this whole like deal like, oh, yeah, I've been looking for intelligent life. I've I got to stay here and complete my work. And if we had more guys like you, we could totally have done this. And, uh, you know, we, we could have been better. It's like, well, why you should have treated your son better. And then he could have come out here. And he could have maybe helped you with it. But then but you killed your crew. But then what, you know, Roy made a good point. It was like, well, you, dad, you did your mission. You completed your mission. You found that there isn't any intelligent life. Yeah. And they're like, oh, oh. he found new planets, though. Right. He did find new planets. 
Yeah, that's true. So he downloads all that data, but that's in like a weird flashback. It doesn't happen after I know uh, after the other so stuff. Weird. They they flashback to that just to show that it wasn't all for nothing. Right. That, that wasn't in vain. And then so they're talking about how they didn't find intelligent life. And, you know, he's got all this new data. But basically the whole moral moral of this whole story is you had intelligent life right in front of you all along. Am I wrong? No, that's basically it. But because see, Brad Pitt, you know, he basically figures that out. He's like, oh, wait, I had intelligent life in front of me all along. And I hear I'm chasing this dude. I came a billion miles. And this dude tells me I don't even matter. Yeah, pretty much. Right. And then he still wants to save this this jackass. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I said it. And then <laughs> and then it, they said it for three hours. The uh, the nuclear bomb. Three hours. It took two to get this old man into this spacesuit. It feels like that. That's Dude, for sure. He's like putting on his gloves so slow. Like I'm like freaking out. I'm like, hurry up. Get your freaking shoes off. We got to get out of here. This is a nuke. He's Do reluctant. Not... He's reluctant to go. He doesn't want to go. But then, you know, they don't have a spaceship to go to either. There was no, no planning. Unless he was going to use the old man as a shield at the time. No. You know. Okay. But anyways, they get out there. They're outside now. And that nuke's still going. Mm-hmm. And the old man's like, I want to die. <laughs> Just like, they're tethered together. He almost tries to kill his son, too, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Drifting into Neptune, you know. Brad Pitt's like, cut it out. What are you doing? Oh, God. Yeah, he uses his... Um, uh, Clifford uses his thrusters. Right. To just kind of drift off into space. He's like, I, I can't do this. I don't agree with you, son. I, I gotta go. And then they're doing this, like, force, like, almost pathetic man-hug fight. And then Roy starts crying. You cannot cry in space. You can't. You will go blind. It will. You can't wipe it away. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go anywhere. It just fills up with water and just stays in your eye, and you can't see. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm pointing this out. And he was, <laughs> there was a tear. I saw it. There were some tears. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do that. Tell me. Find an astronaut and ask them. Can you cry in space? They will say no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm pointing this out, but everyone needs to know. I may. I may name this episode. You can't cry in space. No, don't call it that. <laughs> Anyways, so they're crying. And then what happens? He like, does he finally let him go? Or does he just like, yeah, he away? lets him go. He lets him and go. he's like pouting in space for all eternity. He just floats off. Yeah. And then Brad's like, well, Roy's like, oh, man, now I got to go turn off the nuke. That's what I thought. He's going to have to live on the ship. That's what I thought. But nope. I was wrong. Nope. He went back on the ship and the. The little antenna that they had going just rips off a big metal piece of it. And then uses it to launch, which would be really hard to do. Well, he, he pushes himself off of the, the rest of the antenna. And then it's kind of like a shield to go through the, the rock part of the rings of Saturn. And that was pretty or cool. Neptune. That was pretty cool. But, like, that's, I mean, that's a huge risk. Oh, yeah. And the fact that he made it was just, like, a million to one. Yeah. Like, amazing. I didn't think he was going to get it home. And then he finally gets to the ship and he can't slow down. He's like sliding past it almost. Yeah. And then he finally gets, he, he, he finally stops himself, finds a hatch and lets himself in and heads home. Yeah. The explosion kind of helped propel him oh, enough yeah. to get back home. But yeah, the, the surge is over. I mean, after tens of thousands of people have died from it. Right. They, they finally blew it up and 
uh, he gets gets back home, and the only thing that's on his mind is looking for that intelligent life, or I mean, wife. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's worth watching. You should go see it. Go see I it. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I really liked it. I'll let the crying in space thing go. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't sound like it. it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> I don't know if you will. It's just a movie. It's fun. <laughs> It's still one of the most realistic space movies I've seen. Okay, yeah. I, I that agree. Is for sure. I mean, it's definitely more realistic than Gravity. Well, I was thinking The Martian, but yeah. Or The Martian, yeah. Which was a comedy, by the way. Well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. It it as far as the Golden comedy. Globes are concerned, they call it a comedy. That was just weird. It's like, oh, yeah. hey, it has like five jokes. Hey, it's a comedy. Hey, oh, yes. we won an award for it. How about that? <laughs> but this one, I hope this wins something, at least for Brad Pitt. If he, he needs to win something this year, period. I don't know if he'll get anything for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He which, should. Not saying that it was bad. He was really good in that. How come they don't do an Oscar for the best fight scene? How's that not a thing? It's not the MTV Movie Awards. Oh. It's not the Kids' Choice Awards. Oh, they, need to, they need to put best fight scene in. I don't know. The Oscars and kind of all award shows, I'm kind of over. Yeah. I didn't even know that the Emmys were last Sunday. Dude, I it snuck up on me. Yeah, well, I, I just saw I, a bunch of... Um, I never uh, saw any advertisement. I didn't see any ad- advertisement, but I saw a bunch of celebrities post like the night of yeah. their dresses or whatever. Oh, and cares? I was like, oh, that's tonight? That's weird. Yeah. Okie doke, but oh well. I, I kept getting like little headlines of, oh, blah, 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 one. I'm like, hey, cool. That's cool. I never even researched like if my shows won stuff. I think things are so fragmented now. Right. That people are just like, I'll watch what I want to watch. Right, right. Just because something's popular or it wins an award, like, why should I watch it? It's one of is is a more curiosity of like, hey, so hey, one of my favorite shows got something. Hey, that's good. So yeah, overall, you'd say Ad Astra recommend. Yeah, I would. I would say go go watch it if you like sci-fi, if you like space movies, you're gonna like this one. Is it is it gonna be a classic? Maybe I don't know. Cult classic, probably. I would say cult classic at this point. I would highly yeah. recommend it. I like the psychological thrillers. The psychological part of this is what kept me involved, what kept me focused on Roy's story. And if it was a lesser actor, I don't think it would have gone through. Yeah, I I think Brad, I mean, I think he fit the role better than, than Tommy Lee Jones. I know I'm still going back to that, but... Um, and. Tommy Jones just wasn't believable as Brad's dad, in my opinion. He just don't look close. But, you know, that's that's just nitpicky. I'm being nitpicky. What is going on with me? Uh, I must be just tired. I think it's because it's a sci-fi movie. Is it? That's your bread and, and butter. And that's my bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Oh. So you got to be picky. I'm, I'm not into many sci-fi movies, so. I'm, like, all about sci-fi. That's my life. But, like, the <laughs> the the cinematography in this I thought was great. And yeah. a lot of that okay. was no to 2001. Yeah, let's let's say that, and the and the CGI was actually really good in this. CGI was really you good. You didn't question it. There was it didn't I never look, did. It didn't look gamey. Never. That's yeah. I have to give it that. And and they they had the moon down. It was bright, and when you're on the surface of the moon, people, there's no stars. Why? Because light pollution. There you go. It's not fake. Yeah. <laughs> all those pictures. That's what happens. Just take a photography class. You'll learn all about it. <laughs> everyone goes well, they were at the moon where are the stars the moon's freaking bright man it's like 300 degrees in the sun too there's no atmosphere Ooh. it's gonna burn you and probably the american flags bleached white by the way up there you think so oh no you don't totally. think they replace it 
<laughs> no. Or they put like some kind of coating on it. <laughs> no. I, I, I think it's I think it's bleached completely white if it's still there. I mean, think about it. It's probably being cooked every day. It's not. It's probably it might even be deteriorated by this point. I just figure it's made out of like plastic or something. Well, they did leave plastic bags of poop everywhere up there. I know that. And those are probably bleached white too. But I don't know. I don't know if it was made out of plastic. I thought it was cloth. <laughs> but that's for another time. That's another story. That's another story. So we're gonna see Joker next. Yeah. That's gonna be cool. Jackie actually wants to go. I'm She's very excited. Yeah. Now Jackie hates DC comic stuff. Well, she she likes Wonder Woman, but she doesn't like the DC universe. Like the, and, you know, Who a lot could of people don't. Her? Right. Yeah. So they've mismanaged it so badly. And she wasn't too crazy about the first trailer where I was like sucked in. Really? Yeah. And then when she saw the newest one, mm-hmm. she was like, "Okay, we're going." She was like happy about that. So that that was like, "Oh, okay." Caught my interest. So I'm, I can't wait for that. Well, I like this new trend. I hope this is a new trend. Ad Astra, like I said, is psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. The only other movie I would really call a psychological thriller in the same sense is The Conversation. Mm. This old uh, Francis Ford Coppola movie with, with Gene Hackman. The Conversation with Gene Hackman. That was like a really good psychological thriller, like a paranoid thriller. Mm-hmm. And it's all about surveillance. And this was in the 70s. Yeah. And this guy going crazy because of it. But it's his job. Mm. So I think that was kind of this Ad Astra was kind of a spiritual su- successor to that. But the Joker is kind of a successor, spiritual successor to King of Comedy mm. with Robert De Niro and Jerry Lee Lewis. Right. Or so, Jerry Lewis. When I told you when I when I when I was um, on Xfinity, they had that movie mm-hmm. and then they had the Heath Ledger Joker next to each other. Yep. And then they had Taxi. Taxi Driver? Yeah. Taxi Driver, sorry. Not Taxi not with taxi. Jimmy Fallon? No, no. No. Not that one. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, not that one. So it was crazy. Let's see if it takes nods from those movies. I'm totally for it. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I'm like, it oh, looks good. Weird. Why would they? Oh, they know something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, cool, man. I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited. Uh, I finished uh, Unbelievable. It actually ended up being really good on the Netflix series. Now, you got to tell me. Did they play that stupid song for it? No. You're unbelievable. No, it, it does not fit the title. Good. It's good. actually very good. Um, acting's okay in it. There's mm. some actresses that they get better as the series goes, which is fine. But they should be the, good at first. Dude, in the that's be- my problem with in, The Walking Dead. In the beginning, it was just kind of, it was kind of, well, one of the girls is from Walking Dead. The one I'm talking about is from Walking Dead, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, she gets like a crossbow uh, arrow to the face. Oh. Yeah, she's in oh, it. Oh, from Nurse Jackie. Yeah, she's yeah. in it. And she just doesn't fit the role at first. She's like not believable. Mm-hmm. She's unbelievable. No. Ah. Anyway, uh, she doesn't fit the role at first, in my opinion. And then I think she grows into it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's going to be a better actress now. So I enjoyed it. It ends well. I think it could be a good series. Mm. Uh, I think they need to get two of the, the two detectives together and have their own. Yeah, I think it would be good. Yeah. But anyway, you should check it out. It's short. Um, it's actually enjoyable. Well, cool. So I finished that. I started Dark Crystal. Godly, man. Ugh. Really? I hate it. People are saying it's like amazing. Blah, blah, no, blah. it is annoying. It's just as bad as the original. It's <laughs> I guess horrible. you have to really be a fan of the original, but I've never you, seen it. Dude, I don't care. Dude, it wrecks my nervous system. Like, I cannot watch it. I cannot watch this. I love Jim Henson, too. I'm a, I'm a, Jim, Hen- a Jim Henson fan. You know, he's from Albuquerque. 
So you know, you gotta love him. That's uh, part of our. It's part of our. Uh, you know, you, it's you in don't. Our blood. You don't got to be a fan of his uh, son though. That's trying to do. What was it? The Happy Time Murders. What? Yeah. Oh no, I he didn't. was the guy behind that. Oh, I, I didn't get that done. No, I, I, I didn't care for that. Yeah. But yeah, I got. I'm on episode two, which gets a little better. Josh is watching it too, but it's 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 just very grotesque and dark, of course, mm-hmm. and. I think it's the sound. It's the sounds that throw me. The puppets are kind of cool. The storyline's kind of cool, but like, yeah, I just can't get into it, bro. Gotcha. It's rough. I mean, I I would have to watch the movie first, and I have no interest. It. I okay. I put it on for the kids. Thought, oh, they'll like this, and I hadn't seen it since the eighties. Mm-hmm. I only saw it once. Yeah. And I think I was like four, dude. It was horrible. The kids are like, shut it off. They're like running around. <laughs> And they kept calling the, the they kept calling the creatures skankies, which is not what they're called. <laughs> oh, you darn skankies! I don't want to hear these skankies. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was a nightmare. Oh, I made them watch the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> I think three of them went outside. <laughs> it wasn't looking. It was bad. And now, I now it's a punishment if they do if they don't do their homework if they don't do what I ask. That's the movie that comes on, and they scream. Oh gosh. No. Yeah, you can try it. Oh, no, if no, you thank you. No, if you don't get off the couch right now, you're going to watch Dark Crystal. Oh, they go nuts. <laughs> it's so fun. Okay, but that's it. Cool. What are you watching? Anything? Um, I'm starting part two of Disenchanted. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm starting that tomorrow. It's uh, I'm three episodes or maybe four in, and it's really good. I like that they're oh, progressing cool. the story so much. Oh, good. They're putting the story first before trying to be like super funny like Simpsons or Futurama. Oh, that's good. Which is kind of a mistake that Futurama, well, both of them did at first. Yeah, I mean, Futurama. tried to be too goofy. Futurama is kind of the only one that would really reference other episodes. Simpsons kind of did. Uh, Not really. Yeah, they don't really follow that. Yeah, like. But uh, my my point is Futurama, the first, the whole first season, which is 13 episodes, like, it's trying to get its footing. It's trying to figure out what it is. And even season two, it's a little rocky. Right. But it still has like some unforgettable episodes. That is one of the, that was one of the best animations of our, yeah, ever when I was yeah yeah it was great. But Disenchanted they they did that for maybe the first six seven episodes mm-hmm. of part one, but in part two it's like every episode there's a purpose to the story, it it keeps everything moving forward. You're at least I am interested in where all these characters are going. Mm. And I'm excited for more. And it, you know, when it happens to be funny, it's funny. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. I'd rather take a good story over, like, you know, dumb jokes. Right, right. I'm with you. That's another element to the enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. So I guess uh, the next time we, we're here, Joker. Talk about Joker. Yeah. That's going to be cool, bro. I will be. I am stoked. <laughs>